Joining me today is Brian Fanzo, also known as iSocialFans. Brian is one of the leading voices of the millennial generation in digital media. He's got over 10 years experience in managing, deploying, and training enterprises and small business on cybersecurity, uh, collaboration, digital marketing, video conferencing, and most recently, live streaming video. Brian is a huge change agent for employee advocacy, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today is how brands, especially IBM is what we'll talk about in this episode, but how they're using live streaming uh, to increase employee advocacy. Prepare yourself for a high energy conversation as me and Brian discuss. Rachel, take it away. You're listening to the Brand Boost Podcast, an exclusive look at who's doing business right. He's your favorite brand correspondent with more tweets than the Bible's got Psalms. Here's your host, Vincenzo Landino. Hey, Brian, how are you today, buddy? Doing good, man. How are you? Ah, pretty good. It's actually a really nice day today. And, uh, you know, big Steelers win yesterday, so can't complain about that. I know you were there. How was it? I think we should do all podcasts between Steeler fans on Mondays after victories. So it was uh, it was a blast live from Pittsburgh. And uh, as you know, I was uh, socializing it and putting it on Periscope and Snapchat and everywhere else. Uh, so I've had lots of fun feedback on a Monday morning whenever uh, the Steelers do win. So I think I'm excited to be on the podcast the day after a win because I think it would be a little bit more feisty and a little fired up if it was the loss. So lots of value and passion in this one. I, I can guarantee that. Well, I'm glad you're in a good mood because I really wouldn't want to get you on a bad day where uh, this could turn into a rant very quickly uh, yes yes we're, we're gonna, we don't have to worry about that today it's it will be rant free for well, sure like, i can't guarantee that but it'll, there's a good chance it'll be rant free well it's, at least it'll be a good rant it'll be a rant for uh for how brands can can do some cool stuff but uh you know recently you were doing th- some things with ibm and you were in what vegas i think it was and then new york city yep and um, you just had some really cool stuff that you were doing with them. And I know a lot of the focus was around employee advocacy. And I know that's become a hot topic for a lot of new uh, kind of I don't want to say new age, but a lot of brands now are focusing on, you know, how can we get our employees to get behind the brand a lot more? And I know you have some some ideas behind that. And, and you know, you've done like we said, you've done work with IBM. Let's talk a little bit about employee advocacy and storytelling today and I know in Vegas, you know, you were doing some some stuff there. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that event, and you know, tell the the audience what you did for them, what the setup was there, the backstory. Sure. So yeah, so for me, you know, I, I'm not work, I don't work at IBM, but I've been very lucky. You know, for about two and a half years, long before the live streaming apps ever existed, I would kind of start doing some work with IBM as an influencer, um, and then doing some you know consulting and work with them on uh, not only influencer marketing, but you know, there's just a social business play as a, as a whole, and just growing a great rapport with not only their company as a brand that someone I can tell you four years ago I wouldn't have uh, known much of all of what IBM was but um, you know learning and kind of growing and understanding IBM and their ability to embrace change and really educate the market I'm a tech guy I'm a computer science major and so for me I've been working with them for a long time on and they do a great job their their employee their uh, influencer marketing is exciting because part of their influencer marketing is they bring influencers to events and they just say here's the events we're going to treat you like royalty we're going to give you 
access that you can never give get anywhere else. But they don't tell you anything else. They don't give you mandatory tweets. They don't do all this other stuff because honestly, they want you to amplify the experience and share what you're actually going through. So for me, when live streaming apps came out, you know, and you and I both were on very early days. We are oh, yeah. we're no one can claim that uh, you know there's probably <laughs> there's probably no one else that the two people that are as early adopters as you and I were um, kind of early on of these platforms. And, and remember those listening, uh, early on means February of twenty <laughs> of twenty fifteen. This of isn't a, yeah, this isn't crazy uh, uh, old technology. But for me, I've, I'm come from an employee advocacy background. I, I worked in cybersecurity, and and the reason I loved cyber is I was trying to help um, the Department of Defense collaborate better and really connect and really have conversations and tell stories across departments, share policies. Uh, I left that and went to a startup where I focused on employee advocacy and social business. And so for me, live streaming was amazing. It fell in my lap. My own personal brand kind of took off. Although I had a, a YouTube ch- uh, show and I had a, a podcast, really live streaming fell in my lap and took off because I was able to tell my story, amplify my message, and really celebrate my customers, my clients, my friends. And so for me, the, the play into these big brands like an IBM was pretty simple. I said, hey, you already believe that you have a great product and a great company. Let's try to share that experience in a new real live time, real time way, but also share it in a way that allows people that are watching or that are just kind of sitting on the outside to participate. And so what I ended up doing is I worked with them for a long while because none of this change is very easy and you know there's lots of variables involved. But uh, what ended up happening is I, I went to the event and uh, they brought out, you know, I mean, 40 plus, man, I think it ended up being 60 influencers to the event. I was part of the influencer team, but what my focus was, okay, how can I integrate live streaming into this influencer marketing, but also highlight what IBM as a company was doing and I, I think someone that's listening to this is like well wait a second he hasn't talked about the employees yet and here and, and, and here's my you got case. me thinking a little bit there too yeah. buddy so here's my case great companies like IBM are great because they have great employees the problem is some people forget that and then the other problem is no one wakes up in the morning and says what did IBM tweet today what blog did IBM write but what they do say is they say someone they have a relationship with or this thought leader or Maria Wynes or a VP over here or Amber Armstrong, all of these people that are doing great things at a company, what are they doing great? And so I started working with the IBM team and said, okay, let me highlight this, the influencers and the influencers take, but also let me let the influencers tell the story of the employees. And then ultimately, let me interview you, the employee, and tell the story of what you've been in, able to be involved in. And you know, on your show, uh, you know, Vincenzo, big shout out to, I, I actually listened to a couple of episodes episodes um, on the way back from the Steelers game uh, last night. So I, I did Gary Vaynerchuk, I did Chris Brogan, and I did Vincenzo Landino. Those are my three podcasts uh, coming home. Happy to be uh, in, in with those names. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. And, and, and well-deserved. I love what you're doing. For me, I love the name here, Brand Boost, because everything I talk about is how do you amplify amazing experiences and stories. And live streaming allows you to do that in real time, but in a conversation type platform. So for, for brands like IBM, they have so many people. It's kind of dumb, in my opinion, and this might sound kind of crazy, for them to only leverage marketing and sales for amplifying or boosting their message. Why do you not want to take the army, the small country that is companies the size of IBM, and even the small businesses that say, hey, I have five employees, I don't have a marketing team, why don't we empower those five employees to tell their story, share their value, and then do it on live stream? And so that's what I was able to do um, at IBM. I actually took over their IBM Twitter account, the actually, the at IBM. IBM, the three-letter IBM account, and ran their very first Periscope off of that. A little nerve-wracking. That's a little um, that, that for sure. Yeah, but ultimately (laughs) it was a success, and I can tell you the feedback I got immediately was, 
wow, it's so simple, yet such a great conversation. And we ended up having, you know, we, the very first one we did, we did a, about an hour long panel. They brought in questions from the audience. 40 people questions were answered by the, the panel that we were periscoping on and over 1400 people participated. So the, although there was 14,000 at this event, another 1400 people kind of got to have a, a participatory um, aspect of this live event. And to me, that was kind of the true essence of live streaming. And I, I can't wait to see employee advocacy just springboard in 2016 and live streaming is going to have a lot to do with that. So you mentioned a couple things and I, I want to circle back to them. Um, you mentioned embracing change. You also mentioned uh, that the comp- you know companies that are already believing in their product, uh, like IBM. So tell me how. And again, we're going to focus on the IBM campaign if we can. But how did IBM believe enough in their product to embrace change? And like, how, what what was that process? Like, you know, if you could tell us a little bit about your conversations with them when you uh, pitched this type of idea, how does that? You know, how, how does that go within from within IBM? Like, how are they embracing change? So for me, you know, it's a great question because I think that's the, you know, anytime you're you're trying to change the way that someone's doing it or even just add a new marketing flavor or maybe just even a new tool, for me, most people actually focus on the what it is they're trying to get them to change to. And for me, I actually listen to what their pain points are and listen to what they're doing and then say, hey, how can the thing that I want them to change to help amplify or solve that problem? So for me, getting an advocate in the company is, is key, right? So I, I had a couple advocates. I've been working with them for a while. We had, they had a lot of trust in me. They've empowered, they've invested money in me. I've spent a lot of hours, numerous, numerous hours with them on the influencer side of the house. So that trust was really important. But I also focused on getting leadership buy-in, but then listening to the management and the actual people that were going to be on the ground with me and said, hey, what are you judged on by your event? What are you judged on by what you're doing here? So if we're working together, how can I help not only meet the goals of the of the VP that I got you know signed off on this event, but how can I make you look good? Because at the end of the day, I want to get hired back for another event, right? And I think lots of people can get, you know, Snapchat or live streaming or even Twitter or Facebook. You can get one-off gigs or you can get lots of influencer marketing gigs or maybe a brand will hire you to do live streaming one time. I think the true value becomes when you create a partnership and you help the brand look good, you help amplify and solve their business problems, you're hired for a second, a third time, you become a partner, you become instrumental in their storytelling. And I think too many people look at it as a one-off side or they just go get buy-in from a VP or leadership. So one of my one of my keys was I got I, I listened to the team that was going to be on the ground with me and I knew what their KPIs were and I helped solve those KPIs by building a strategy that integrated that. Therefore, they didn't care as much about, hey, Brian's using Paris scope. It was Brian is helping us solve a problem using a technology or a tool that is what he is familiar with, which that makes change a lot easier. So now again, you were brought in as an, uh, an influencer. You're not, you're not an employee there, but, uh, let's, let's just try to talk a little bit about the employee advocacy side. And here's a couple things that I have. I actually haven't written down. So for those of you that can't see, I have some things written down here. Uh, for me, employee advocacy not only increases your reach, uh, both in social and word of mouth, but it helps build trust. It saves costs. You're engaging your employees. You are having more successful recruiting. And then ultimately, bottom line, you generate sales. I believe there's like, uh, there's, I can't remember the exact, I want to say it was a Cisco report that said uh, 12% increase in brand advocacy generates a 2x increase in revenue growth. Uh, and that leads developed through employee social marketing convert 7x more frequently than any other leads. So based on those six little tidbits that I touched out, 
how did you find, like, how did you, how were you able to build trust with employees? How were you able to engage employees? Uh, and again, using live stream, which is fine because I know that for you, it's about using live stream to help employee advocacy. Uh, and, and how ultimately do you think that that was a successful recruiting tool uh, with these campaigns? Uh, and those are great questions. I think part of that that comes down to is, you know, every brand, every company, if you're, if they're listening to your podcast, I guarantee somewhere on their website or, or in their CEO's presentation, or maybe even in your presentation, that's the listener is saying, I need to be more authentic. I need to build trust and I need to help highlight our story. Right. And to me, when I start talking to the employees and I start to me, it always has to be a value proposition for both the employee and the brand. And that might sound kind of crazy because wait a second, you're like, wait a second, I want them to hawk our brand. I, well, no, you don't. Cause what you want them to do is actually tell their story in their way, which ultimately ends up telling you, telling the audience how great your brand is that you trust them, but also builds a rapport and relationship with the employee. Because I, I, I do buy into the idea that people buy from people they like, mm. but people also buy from people they have no relationship with, right? We just don't buy from people we hate. Absolutely. And I think I think when you when you kind of think of it that direction, you start to look at it and say, well, how can I get people to understand my company better? Well, your CEO getting on, uh, you know, on microphone, and your CEO having a podcast, you know, to me, that's you're getting the I would say the boilerplate. We we know the CEO is passionate. We know the CEO is the one that's going to be the front line. You know, he has talking notes. But how great is your company? Do you have great culture? Because people want to buy and work with a company that has great products, but ultimately give them a great experience. And the experience, the rate of change that we're living in today requires that it's an experience that allows you to have that partnership for continual iterations and upgrades and updates. And so for me, when I'm working with these brands, especially like IBM, IBM does an amazing job of trusting their management and leadership to allow their employees to just tell their story. You know, the employees, when they, when they, when they're delivering messages, they just, they just say, Hey, you know, this is what I was doing. You know, a great example for me was like, you know, talking to a couple of the people that were at the event, you know, what were you in charge of? Well, we were really in charge of making people understand that Internet of Things and IBM Watson are changing the way we look at um, analytics. And I was like, okay, that sounds very product-based. Let me Tell me your story about your, your experience with IBM Watson. They spent the next 20 minutes talking about how it changed their life and how it impacted their business and how their department now works smooth. And the, and the interesting part was they didn't even bring up the product very much. But ultimately, it built a trust and rapport. And it wasn't like you were being sold. You were honestly building that. You were kind of coming inside the doors. And so for me, a brand, if you're looking to hire and if you're looking to to get a partnership, you're going to say, trust me, we're authentic. We embrace transparency. You know what? I challenge you. Prove it. And by proving it, you train your employees, you give them the keys to your account, to your brand account, and say, tell your story. We're already paying you. We, we are only great as our great employees. Why not allow you to have the keys and tell your story? Yeah. Um, what I like the most about that is just, give, like you said, that last piece where you said giving them the keys, allowing them to tell their story, making it as authentic as possible, and really it becomes a partnership. And I think that's something outside the box for many brands or many businesses is assuming that you have a partnership with your employees is not necessarily the right way to think about it. I mean, you don't necessarily have a partnership. And and I, uh, I think, is it Richard Branson? He says that, you know, your number one customer is your employee, right? And yeah, and I, and I will, every single time someone says, I need to start taking care of better care of my customers, my answer back to them every time, yes, both internal and external. 
Right. Because your internal customers are the ones that help you keep the lights on just as much as the external ones that are your existing customers. And you want to build rapport. You know, a lot of your customers today, probably, you know, initially, even if you're in a small business, they have a lot of contact with your executive leadership, your head of sales, when you're you're building that relationship. As soon as they're locked in as a customer, they probably have a, a, you know, an associate or or account manager that they're doing a lot of work with. Well, how, how great is it as a customer perspective, if all of a sudden your brand is allowing that account manager to tell the story of the great customers you have or the great you know hey this is this is who I get to work with on my team which helps me solve my clients problem the client on the end of that's going to go wow, I am working with a great company right now. They trust the person that I'm working with so much. Maybe I wish that I originally was talking to the CEO, but now that I know my brand, that brand that I'm working with actually trusts this employee that I'm working with, you know what? I'm sold. I'm all in. Let's, let's, let's roll with the punches. And I think that ability to do that, and this isn't new, you know, like, you know, real time doing this on Twitter with blogging, guest blogging, user generated content, influencer marketing. I think what, what's new about it is because it's live, real time and unscripted. Many people get scared, but I don't believe because it's live, you don't need a strategy. And I also don't believe that you don't, if you train somebody to give them swim lanes and why I always call it swim lanes, because I believe you tell them not only how, what, and why they should do something, but also what they should do and what they can't do. Because too many people focus only on, this is what you can't talk about. Well, what is the, what's the story I should talk about? What are our goals? And then also reverse engineering it. So like right after the sh- each one of the things that I did with IBM, I went back to the people that I was interviewing and highlighting and said, hey, this is how many viewers we had. Here was our most popular comments. You should have heard them. They, they're going, I mean, the one person said to me, you know, I was talking to Ryan. Ryan's like, I think I probably have 30 different ideas for blog posts to help solve my customer and client's problems all because of one live stream, because he started to listen to what those customers were saying and saying, hey, I didn't know IBM was involved in that. Hey, what is IBM doing with the weather underground? And all these things that probably they would have overlooked, they would have realized, well, you know, we, we talked about it, but by doing it in that live streaming real time aspect of it and, and employee to employee, people were actually saying, hey, can you help educate me better on your tool? And if people are crying out for that on live streaming and you solve their problem, you win an advocate and a customer. Yeah. Um- you you said something about uh, you know it's live real time unscripted. We're obviously referring to live stream and how its use um, has amplified the need for this type of content. You know maybe ten years ago we didn't really need and I and I'm making air quotes. No one can see me. I'm making air quotes, but uh, there wasn't necessarily that need or it wasn't a perceived need. And now uh, you know now these things are becoming really second nature. So the right brands, the brands that are getting it, the brands that are doing it right. And, you know, kudos to IBM for seeing the importance of it. Um, Like you said, live stream is only live mobile streaming in the, the way we're talking about it in terms of like Periscope on your, on your phone where you can broadcast. Anyone can be a broadcaster from their phone. When we talk about that way, it's only been around since February of 2015. You know, here we are, we're, we're November we're not even a full year into this and you've got some big dogs like IBM that are buying into it and that are seeing the, you know, almost immediate benefit on different projects. Um, here, let's talk about, I, I know you have kind of four things that you talk about. Let's, let's jump right into that too for live, you know, live streaming and brand advocacy or why brands should embrace live streaming for brand ad, uh, for employee advocacy. So, you know, and you brought up a really good point there. You know, like this is brand new from like a technology uh, perspective, but storytelling, content is king and really trust and authenticity have been around since day one. And I really believe digital 
um, in, in the early 2000s till about two years ago started to push us further and further away from remembering the importance of trust and storytelling and our people are what make our, our brands great. I now we are I now believe we're coming back around to a new era where we understand that that trust and authenticity not only gets us our customer today, it gets us our customer tomorrow and it keeps that customer today a year from now to from jumping ship. And I think that is what this comes down to. So I really believe that it starts with trust and it has to be trust in a culture. It has to be trust in your employees. It has to be trust that your leadership is going to reward management. You know, one of my one of my biggest downfalls that I ever had with employee advocacy program was I got leadership buy-in. I got all the employee buy-in. I forgot the management buy-in. And when the manager said, "I'm not letting these people collaborate. It's not a KPI for me. I'm like my bonus structure isn't factoring in these this collaboration." All of a sudden, my entire program got railroaded. So trust, I think, is the most important one without question. It has to start with trust. The second most important one. I think is training, understanding people that this training is not a one-time event. I mean, how many updates have we had to these technologies just in a oh, couple yeah. months they've been around, right? Yeah, but it, also, see, it seemed like for a while, it was month. I mean, it was week after week, we were getting something new. Right. And, and that's actually why for me, when I started presenting this to these brands, I never mentioned the app. I said, I want to help you tell your story better. I want to amplify your message. I want to do it in real time. And I want to do it in a collaborative way with your community. And everyone's like, yes, yes, give me more, give me more. And I say, well, let's do it with Periscope, Meerkat, Facebook mentions, or Blab. They go, no, that's scary change. I was like, no, no, you just said these are all things you want to do. Let me let me pick the right vehicle and let the vehicle do the storytelling. So that training to me, not only focusing on more than a one-time event, but training on how and why. Why? Because, you know, let's, let's remember, an employee is going to ask, what's in it for them? And the brand that you're trying to get buy-in for this from an employee, I was just says, what's in it for us? If our employees are just, all of a sudden their personal brands are amazing and they just get out there and they're using my, the followers we have on our branded Twitter account to, to share with the world, you know, what, what does that do for us? Well, first off, who doesn't want to work for a company when their company is empowering someone to become a thought leader? I believe every person wants to work at companies that make, allow their employees to be thought leaders. And this is a great way of doing it. And then, so I think that training really comes in there. I would say a third one for me really comes into understanding the celebration aspect because this is a risk this is change but what I one of the things that I always tell and this is what I told IBM was the people that are giving the risk the employees that are doing it the managers that are, are bleeding are jumping in on it you have to set them up to celebrate the win because no one else is going to embrace this change or go outside their boundary you know a lot of what I was doing was outside of normal work hours because it's not built into their workflow or their KPIs because it's such it's so new but for me breaking it down and telling them hey this is what's in it for you and this is how we're going to celebrate your win and I'm going to give you feedback and all the comments and I'll let you, you know, we're going to, we're going to plug, you know, your Twitter handle as an employee as well. Those celebrations make the risk risk so much less and the reward so much greater that people are willing to do it. And then last but not least, I think it comes down to really this element of amplification. And, you know, when you're boosting and I'll give a little brand boost love there, because I think, you know, uh, and I, and I love the name of your podcast whenever, you know, you and I, in all transparency, you and I have been friends for a long while. And, um, I love what you're doing. I love the idea of boosting a brand's message. Because it's not called, uh, you know, it's not called the brand sales boost. It's not called the brand's marketing boost. It's the brand boost, and I think that's actually an important me message here that falls into employee advocacy, falls into recruiting, it falls into, and it all to me is comes around and says, you know, there's there's a line I use a lot, and it scares a lot of people. But I say, if you suck offline, you're gonna suck on live stream. But the great part about that is if you are great offline, if you have great employees, you have a great product, you have a great trust and culture, 
you're going to be great on live stream with a little bit of strategy, a little bit of trust, some training, and then you amplify that. Tell that story everywhere because not only are people going to want to work for you, they're going to want to champion you. They're going to want to be your business partner. I'm working with cloud technology people that are we're telling a story of an IBM employee and they want to they want they trust the cloud provider more so now because of the employee trust that is being built. And that to me is a game changer when it comes down there. So I think I think if brands can kind of get a hold of that, it's not as scary as it might sound. And also remember you have to have a strategy, right? There's just because it's live, you know, doesn't mean you just throw a, you know, a, a hashtag in there and, and click it and, and hope for the best because the, there's a, there's an old rule with the employee advocacy thing that I always told everybody was don't give anybody a whiteboard. If you give them a whiteboard, they stare at it and have no idea what to put in it. I'd always drew a square in the whiteboard and actually just do a cross and gave them four squares. And I actually labeled it and said, here's your swim lanes. Here's our, here's our goals. Here's our mission. Here's our values. And all of a sudden they just jumped in and, and added so much to that whiteboard. So for me, the swim lanes actually are not you being big brother. It's you giving them the vehicle to be successful. Yeah. I, so just to recap, we've got uh, trust, training, socializing the conversations, uh, amplification, and then ultimately you would need a strategy. So, I mean, I I think any brand that follows that or follows within those swim lanes, as you like to say, uh, you know, can definitely see success in employee advocacy, especially through uh, live streaming. And, you know, another thing that I'm, you know, I know you and I could talk, probably talk for hours and we could probably break this into like 15 different episodes and I could have enough content from now until the end of next year. But, um, what I liked about you know what you're saying here is that the you know there's are brands that want to champion but they don't know how to so that's where the strategy comes into play. It's not a matter of just throwing a hashtag on. It. And I think so many times businesses and brands think that well social or or anything in general is like oh that's so easy. All you have to do is you know throw a hashtag on it or somebody somebody within the organization can do it or but they're not taking the time to actually train. So I like that you focus on training and I like that even though it's a new technology being fluid, being nimble, being able to adapt to this kind of, uh, of uh, you know, new technologies and new ways to look at your employees or look at your business um, is amazing. And again, thanks for the love for Brand Boost because we do, man. We're, we're trying to boost. Not It's not just the bottom line. I mean, ultimately, the bottom line is affected, but how about everything that leads up to the bottom line? And that's really the importance of, uh, of boosting your brand. But uh, hey, thanks for joining me today, buddy. My pleasure. You know what? And I love that you said that. And the way you said that was actually spot on because I will challenge you. A company without employees is not a company very long. Therefore, why not highlight, amplify, and treat them with the trust that you want to treat your customers back and forth? So thank you so much for having me on. I, I, I truly love the the message, the lineup of guests, the arrange. You know, I, I tell you what, I was at, we, I, you know, I don't know if the, uh, the audience knows this, but I was at an event, live streaming an event um, this week, just the week that we are currently in. And um, you just messaged me like, hey, I just got off interviewing somebody at this <laughs> really tech heavy event. And I was like, what? I'm like, and you know, then I went back and, and I'm like listening. I'm like, how cool is this? Because it's, you know, I, I, that's why I always say storytelling because storytelling, it doesn't matter your industry, your customer, your clientele, your B2B, C to B2C, H to H, all that stuff. It honestly comes down to how do you convey your message ultimately the bottom line, but you know, great employees are what make your, put your company great, which is what allows you to the focus on that bottom line. So I love it. I think, uh, live streaming is here to stay. I think storytelling is, is where you focus on it. And, uh, I think brands can boost their message, boost their, their greatness and stand out from the crowd using this technology. Hey, tell the audience where they can find you, how they can look for you, and uh, I mean, I know, I know the typical iSocial fans on the Twitters, but let us know where else they can find you. 
Sure. So, you know, for me, I, you know, I'm on my own now. So I'm, I'm working on a, a couple of cool projects, um, really exciting live streaming products, projects um, now consulted or advised uh, almost 50 brands on live streaming. So isocialfans.com, of course, is where you can find me. But I'll actually be rolling out uh, two new workshops and uh, a new keynote that I'll be giving around. So I'm I'm booking up uh, multiple events throughout the early spring on uh, really this idea of think like a fan, which is my live streaming philosophy, and just really kind of educating people because I believe it's it is a powerful platform and that it's not about one uh, app or another and it's not about one company or another. I think we all can um, you know amplify the greatness around us and then uh, do some great things with it. So yeah, isocialfans.com. Uh, check me out there. You know, subscribe to the email newsletter that way you get uh, all the updates. And uh, of course, you know, you and I will be in more places. We we did a fun Applebee's event together. Uh, you did a couple of the Applebee's events, but uh, I'm excited to do some more uh, live streaming uh, events with brands and then helping them kind of turn over the keys to their their own employees. So that's kind of what the workshops that I'm uh, I'm rolling out now. I have my first two rolling out in December. So uh, all nothing but exciting times and, and embracing change. So instead of instead of just giving them the fish, Brian, you're going to teach them how to fish, and so they can eat for a long uh, for a long long time, which teach I love. Them how to- Teach them how to fish, and I'm also, because I'm a change evangelist, teach them what to do when no fish are out there biting, how they can be more innovative and think outside the box. So I even have to go a little bit on that side because I tell you what, I love, I, I love change. And I think if, if we all look at change as an exciting opportunity to do amazing things, change becomes a lot more fun than scary. For sure. Thanks. On that note, buddy, thank you. Cheers. Have a good one. Well, there you have it, uh, Brian Fanzo and discussing brand employee advocacy uh, really I want to reiterate the four points because I thought they were amazing. Actually, there was a fifth one in there, but uh, building trust that not only includes culture, but also employees and leadership uh, training and giving your employees the why and what uh, of for live streaming, socializing these conversations, amplifying them, and obviously uh, above all else, really having a strategy for this. There's, there's no reason, no matter how raw any content is for that to ever not have a strategy. So amazing points made by Brian. Again, we'll drop all the links in the show notes uh, that we mentioned, uh, as well as his website. Well, for the Italian lesson today, I'm going to do something a little special. Brian doesn't even know it. I'm going to do it for him. Uh, For you that don't know him and can't see him uh, or a photo of him right now, Brian usually can be seen wearing a hat uh, backwards that says in the front, talk fast, tweet faster. So I wanted to make sure I was uh, giving him some some plug here on the show, and I'm going to do the Italian lesson based around that. So for the Italian lesson, it is going to be talk fast, tweet faster. And in Italian, that is parla veloce, tweet più velocemente. Again, that's talk fast, tweet faster, parla veloce, Tweet più velocemente. So that's your Italian lesson for the day. We're tweeting and we're talking really fast and we're saying it in Italian now. Make sure that you tweet that out to Brian Fanzo and myself, iSocialFans on the Twitters, and at Vincenzo Landino as well. As always, this episode is powered by your reviews and ratings. Please head over to iTunes and make that happen for us. Brandboost.com slash iTunes. Until next time, ciao. This has been a VincenzoLandino.com production. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the Brand Boost podcast, please give us a rating, write a review, or subscribe. 
Head on over to brandboostcast.com forward slash subscribe.